Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Vince and Zach, and we are here to do a kind of a different show than we've been doing normally, just because we've had so many books to talk about uh, because of Infinite Frontier. But this week, there is only one Infinite Frontier title, and that is The Flash, number six hundred. Sorry, seven hundred and sixty-eight, written by Jeremy Adams, written by Brandon Peterson, Marco Sant. Uh, illustrated by Brandon Peterson, Marco Santucci, and David Lafuente. Um, so this this story is essentially about Barry and Wally. Wally wants to quit being the Flash, so he and Barry start racing, which will allow Barry to take the Speed Force essentially from Wally and um, and strip him of his powers because Wally wants to just be a normal dude. Um, but Wally gets sent through time, winds up as a caveman. And uh, eventually winds up then going to the future. We see Barry in the present trying to solve this issue. So he consults folks like Green Arrow and Mr. Terrific. Um, there, there, there's a part where he does the uh, Fred Flintstone yabba dabba do going down the back of a uh, brontosaurus. Yeah. Um, I would have much rather if he picked up a baby elephant and used it as a vacuum cleaner. Got a little bit of a, a, a more uh, subtle... Flintstones reference. Then, uh, it's that a one. living. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Exactly. So, uh, but you know, uh, that's that's the basic gist of it. Zach, I want to start with you. What did you think of this issue of the Flash? Um, <clears throat> well, I just want to say Barry and Wally uh, <clears throat> racing to strip Wally of the Speed Force is like if we had chosen to uh, do like a live watch of the Snyder cut. And that would have stripped me of my podcasting abilities. And I would have not been a podcaster anymore. Um, but it's like the equivalent. So it's a good thing. We didn't do that. Um, I wait till next week's show. Folks. We're, we're going to see how Zach really feels about the uh, Snyder cut. I generally really liked it. Uh, or this issue can, I, I conceptually liked a lot of it. I, I, it was, double size but it didn't feel too long this is honestly i think like a better justice league issue than (laughs) justice league 59 um a lot of a lot of good justice league stuff in there the the thing that really held this issue back for me was the art um i think it just it really just didn't do it for me um um it's just not it's just not that appealing to me and i and i feel like it was kind of i feel like brandon peterson's art is a little more static than what i would expect for a flash book mm-hmm. personally um but i i feel like the the tone of the story is really good the voices of the characters were good aside from the the cringy shakira reference <laughs> i He's like a dad. The plot and dialogue He's a dad. of the story. Sure. Dad's little Shakira. Vincy? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm more or less where Zach is. I think I think maybe Okay. I, I think I like this book in <clears throat> concept uh more than execution. And I think I think most of that is to do with the art. I think um none of the three artists really knocked my socks off individually. And I also didn't think that they went that well together, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, Also, I I just never think it's a good sign when like your, your first, your 
first issue of something or your de facto relaunch um, has a bunch of artists on it, like it, that tells me that something went wrong. <laughs> well, I will defend that slightly. I think that was an aesthetic choice for the three different like time periods. Yeah, but yeah, I just still think I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying I. I don't think that this was a case of like, you know, so and so couldn't get their job done. Yeah. Yeah, I. Ju- I guess I just don't like that in concept. Like I. I do understand as arcs when you bring in a, a kind of a half and half artist deal sometimes because you need uh, work to be finished or whatever. I get it. I. I just think like. To to me that kind of, and maybe this is a personal thing, but it kind of breaks the illusion. And maybe that's not a, a a good phrase to use, but like, the illusion of continuity within a comic is that it's made by you know this. It's 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 uh, the vision of this small uh, group of creators, and then when you see like multiple artists that don't necessarily go together, and it feels like it feels like it was just thrown together kind of haphazardly it kind of breaks the illusion of this tight creative exercise. You know what I mean? Sure. Mm-hmm. That's maybe not fair to the book at, at all. That's just, that's just how it comes across to me in the execution. Then um, I also think like, there's so many elements of this book that I, that I like. And I think you're right, Zach, like the voices are all, you know, pretty much right. But I think even the, all the different concepts haven't quite come together for me yet. Now I'm not, now that's not like I'm not trashing the book because I think there's a lot of promise there. I'm just saying the first issue doesn't, doesn't really give you a feeling of, of how promising the book could be. It doesn't, it doesn't make good on any of that just yet, you know? And I think a big, I think a big uh, uh, factor in that is that we, we basically know, right? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. We know that Wally is the new Flash, right? Yes. Th- this title, I believe, as of June or July, will be a Wally title. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so it strikes me as funny. And again, I get, it's just, it's not really the book's fault because of the way that books are marketed or whatever. But it just seems a little tired of it to be like, oh, Wally, uh, I, I'm I'm retiring, Barry. Sorry. I can't be the Flash when we know that he's going to be the Flash in a few months. And like, it just feels again like they're running away from making Wally the Flash. Like, oh, here's another story where he's not the Flash. <laughs> he's refusing to be the Flash. And I get, I know, I get that there's an arc here that they're going for. Again, I'm not damning the book. I'm just saying it, for me, the enthusiasm of me going into this first issue is is tamped down a little bit by this kind of kayfabe, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I want to see him just, saying, yeah. yeah, I want to see him just be the flash now. And I think, you know, the writers, the writer seems good. Seems like he's got a handle on this. I just want, I just, I just want to get there. I'm not really interested in, I'm not interested in the plot of the story that's going on, but I am interested in all the elements that are involved. Like I love having Mr. Terrific there. Zach, like you said, sorry, I'm talking a lot, but just to get to my point that like, that like this, this is a good justice league book. There there's lots of different characters and they're all used well in interesting ways. 
I think all the elements are here. I just want to, I, I wanted it to get to the point from issue one and, and, you know, maybe it's not the book's fault, but as of right now, I'm just waiting for it to do that. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> uh, so this is slightly unfair because the listeners have not read this issue yet. I think this is a really interesting comparison to Green Lantern number one, which we'll get to next week. But because I think that the book we're getting from Green Lantern number one is not the, is not the book the series is going to be. And I think the book we're getting from the this first issue of The Flash is not the series The Flash is going to be. Like each of these books is giving us this sort of little introductory story to work us into what the book's like mission statement is going to be. The difference is that with the Green Lantern, I am very excited to hang out in that status quo for a little bit longer, whereas I just kept waiting for Wally to just be the Flash already in this book. Uh, that said, I think there is a lot to like here. I think that, like you guys said, the voices of the characters are are pretty spot on. I like the fact that Wally is thinking about his family and in a way, knowing he's going to be the Flash kind of made this a sad issue because he just wants to spend time with his kids. He He's like a homeless dad from uh, Rest of Development. He just wants his kids back, right? <laughs> and uh, that, that, was, that was the name of the movie, right? Was it Homeless Dad? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, so he, he's just – he's looking forward to spending time with his family. And so when you know that that's not going to come true, that adds a certain amount of pathos to, to the story um, – but it doesn't. It's not. It's not heavy-handed. It's it's there because we know it's there, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it that anybody else. It doesn't mean that it's like glaring in the in the issue, right? I feel like it's 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 a nice little subtle undercurrent of melancholy in the book. Um, the art isn't my favorite part of this. I I, I have liked Brendan Peterson at times. Um, this is not necessarily one of those times. I just think uh, Zach used the word uh, static, which is a good word here. Um, his work, not not the style of his art, but sort of the way that his art worked in a Flash title sort of reminded me of when Ethan Van Skyver did the Flash Rebirth miniseries, um, where it was... Um, I just felt like every... Every time we saw Barry, he was just posed really cutely all the time. And that's not... The, the Flash should never be that way. The Flash should always be in motion. And so um, I, I agree with that. The one thing I will say is I like that this book is already doing some fun Flash stuff like time travel. And, uh, you know, having him meet up... Having him jump into Impulse's body. And just you know, f sort of fun time travely flash stuff. The the when the flash books are the when the flash book is the best is when it's doing stuff that cannot happen in any other title, because the flash is one of those titles that usually operates under a slightly different set of rules than the rest of the DC universe because of things like time travel, because of the Speed Force just having the sort of unique abilities that it has you can oftentimes find stuff in a Flash book that you just couldn't find elsewhere. And I think that this sets the stage to have the book do those flashy things 
I don't, I don't mean flashy like fancy. I mean, you know, flash, the flash, dash Y um, stuff. So, yeah, I, I like this. I like this where this is going, but I cannot wait for the status quo to get there. And luckily, it looks like it's only going to be a couple months before it gets there. Um, any final thoughts on this title? Um, I do want to say, like, <clears throat> I am very thankful that it didn't end on, like, the cliffhanger of Wally disappearing into the Speed Force. I feel like that would have been a really logical end for the issue, and it would have been really dissatisfying. Yes. Um, I think making this double-sized and, like, really going all out um, really made the issue that much more enjoyable and special. So, um. Yeah, I, it has that in its favor, I think. Yeah, well said. Vince, anything else? Um, I think <clears throat> I'm good. I mean, I, I think this book is promising, for sure. Um, I'm not disinterested in it at all. I, I, I just can't wait for Wally to be the... And, you know, I like... You're right, Brian. Like, Wally should just want to be with his family again. But, like... I also feel earlier in the Infinite Frontier status quo, it kind of already was established that Wally's ready to be the Flash. <laughs> so, like, yes, it just yes. it felt like it felt like a, it felt like a, a neck jerk, you know, like a double take or something. Yeah, and I'm sure that part of that is just that, you know, um, Williamson probably had his version of the story, but he's not the right, and so he did his version of the story in the Infinite Frontier one shot even though, you know, that story was going to be told again in this issue, essentially. Yeah, 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 that's, that's fine. I can, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, we're going to be talking in a minute about, our, about the, sort of the entire line, but I think it speaks to the quality of the line that here's an issue that none of us were super jazzed about, but we all acknowledge is good and is well put together and has a promising future. I think that there's almost no books in Infinite Frontier that I feel could not show up in September and us say, like, this has been consistently the best book of the last two or three months. Mm -hmm. like, everything has the potential to be really good right now. And that's sort of crazy. Yeah. So let's do this. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to rank all of the Infinite Frontier issues so far all the first issues and um yeah so stay tuned hello denizens of earth 1218 we are the hosts of make mine multiversity a twice monthly podcast and it is i jake the taskmaster one and i'm elias the bendis one make mine multiversity is your handy guide to all things marvel each month we get into it with long looks at the careers of marvel creators characters themes whatever Sometimes that means we dig into the X-Books of the recent-ish months, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our monthly heavyweight champion. Sometimes we even have lists. And other times we have book clubs on Marvel series, past and present. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior, indeed. And we are back. So... Um, Zach, you want us to just focus on our top tens, essentially, right? Well, I think I, I, I think we should go through the bottoms, but like more quickly, and then sure. do our our 
uh, trademark. Our, we'll talk about that later. Sure. So um, do our, our, our pitches for it. I pitch the others on why these books should be in the positions that we have them in. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's do this. Let's start with everyone's number 18. Okay. So, uh, Vince, what is your number 18 book? Action Comics. What? Are you confusing the super titles there, buddy boy? I mean, maybe, but they're <laughs> Superman and Action. Superman and Action are seventeen and eighteen, regardless of. Regardless. Okay, uh, <laughs> Zach, what is your eighteen? That's pretty nutty with it. Okay, my eighteen is Suicide Squad. Uh, my eighteen is Crime Syndicate. My seventeen is Suicide Squad. Zach, what's your 17? Uh, my 17 is Superman. <coughs> my Vin 17 is Superman. Yeah, it's okay. Superman. The, the, those two just go together. Okay. My uh, 16 is Batman Urban Legends. Zach, what is your 16? Um, Crime Syndicate. Vince, what is your 16? Justice League. Ooh, Okay. Um, my 15 is Superman. What is your 15, Zach? My, my 15 is Justice League. And mine's Batman Urban Legends. Okay. Um, what number was that we just did? 15. 15. So, um, let's see. My 14 is Justice League. My 14 is... Swamp Thing. My 14 is Suicide Squad. My 13 is Action Comics. My 13 is Detective Comics. My 13 is Swamp Thing. Uh, my 12 is Catwoman. My 12 is Nightwing. Ooh. My 12 is Crime Syndicate. My 11 is Detective Comics. My 11 is Batman. Wow. Oh, you, you, were, you were the bad boy just a little while ago. My 11. I mean, is... I liked it. I know. I know. Yeah. This is a good list. My ele... It's a good list. Yeah. yeah. My. My 11 is the Flash. Okay. So, we have gotten to the top 10. A uh, couple of books that obviously uh, are going to get talked about were already mentioned. But um, I will start because I'm sure you guys are going to have this one higher than me. My number 10 is Wonder Woman. We'll talk about that later. We will talk about that later. Zach? Zach? Uh, my 10 is The Flash. We'll talk about that later. Ooh. My 10 is Tech. Okay, talk, talk, talk to us about Tech. Cause I, Zach, you already mm -hmm. mentioned Tech, right? Yeah, Tech was my 13, I think. Yeah, it was my 11. Yeah. Okay. So this is, the you know, I, I had Flash at 11 and Tech at 10. And I think it was the, the art that bumped Tech up into the 10 spot for me. 
But really, these two books are kind of the same in my mental space, which is that, like, I really like the concepts. The concept here in tech, uh, we just talked about the Flash, you know, so you already know what I said about that. But the concept in tech is to show you, like, the Bruce Wayne side of things and kind of like the socialite um, veneer that he puts on. And I think that's really interesting, but I don't think it that sort of concept pays off very well in one issue. And that's all we're going on so far. Um, and the Dan Mora art, I, I just loved. So, so that got it onto the top 10 for me. I'm still waiting for some more payoff, but I, I feel like, you know, um, all the elements are here of a book that I'm really interested in. So, Yeah, it was my 11, and the only reason it didn't crack my top 10 was I feel like every one of these other books, to me, has... Um, <clears throat> I feel like there is more blue sky potential in the other books. I don't know hmm. where they're going to go, necessarily. I kind of know where, where tech is going, just in terms of a story. Um, so it doesn't feel as, as, as exciting or fresh for me, nor was I blown away by that first issue, but I am excited for it. I, I, I'm going to keep saying this. There is no book on this list of 18 that I don't think could be a good book in a month or two. I really believe, I, I think, I don't think any of these books are bad enough to, uh, to like to cry right now. Um, anyway, so that was your number 10. All right. My number nine is Harley Quinn. Um, we will talk about that later. Okay. Yeah, we'll, yep, we'll talk about that later. Zach? Uh, my number nine is Catwoman. My number nine is Catwoman. Talk about it, baby. Brian, I think you, I think you already mentioned it, right? I did, yes. Okay. It's my number 12. Okay. Go off, Zach. Um, it was just uh, so like I've liked all of the bad books, and this is coming in above Batman for me, um, because I just thought that the the status quo was really good. I thought it was a very fun, snappy book. The Fernando Blanco art was very good. Um, I I just I just enjoyed it a lot. I think the Batman line is really healthy right now, and I think it's the side books that are. Um, kind of like, you know, I tie everything back to um, the Hickman X books. I think a lot of the side books are where the really interesting stuff is is going on. Um, so, yeah, I just uh, I just really liked this a lot. Yeah. And, and unlike the Hickman X books, they haven't fallen off yet. So well, that's uh, <laughs> they, they those haven't fallen off either. Actually, we'll, we'll fight offline some more about that. Sure. Um, no, yeah, you said it, Zach. Uh, everything you said, the the Blanco art really blew me away. Uh, just even more of a glow up every time I see work from Fernando. So, um, man, good stuff. I will say the the reason I think this maybe didn't come in quite as high for me is that it feels so much like a continuation of what came before because it is, and that <laughs> just doesn't feel as exciting to me. That's nothing against the book. It's just. I'm I'm attracted to the shiny things right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I like wasn't keeping up with where the book was beforehand. So, 
this is all fresh and new to me. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Uh, my number eight is Batman. <clears throat> uh, we'll talk. Can... We'll talk about that later. Interesting. Okay. Go ahead, Zach. All right. So my eight is um, Batman Urban Legends. I think you're going to go off on that. Yeah, you are. Yeah. I mean, that. I think we kind of talked about how that issue kind of blew me away. Uh, you know, that uh, revelatory, uh, revelatory um, <laughs> um, Blue Hood line, you know, that is going to win all the Oscars, all the Eisners. <laughs> um, not a dry eye in the house. Oh, um, Reverend no, Fuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I just really liked. Yeah, I just really liked it a lot. Um, the art is really good. I'm still kind of uh, pretty high on the Eddie Barrows train. Um, so, yeah, I mean this this was a like a, a hit for me. Um, I don't have as much good to say about the backups. Um, but I kind of think that this the book, uh, you know, stands pretty well on the on the main story. I mean, I I didn't dislike this book very that much, but I just felt that the backups were so lackluster, I couldn't place it higher. That's For reasonable. Me. Yeah, yeah, right. that's fine. If but, I had, if I had maybe. You know, obviously we we get review copies from DC, and that is how I read this issue. If I had paid the whatever, you know, like five ninety nine or six ninety nine, however much it costs, I may have not been as. I the, believe the, the this value is a proposition. I believe this is a seven ninety nine book, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, then maybe not. But I did, I did still really like that Red Hood story a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the best, the best thing about the book to me is the the format. Yeah, we are the the anthology boys. Yeah, so, um, that's our version of the Bookhouse Boys. By the way, we uh, yeah we have a secret meeting place. We take Justin's into our own hands. We're the anthology yep. boys. Um, yeah. Okay, so that was your eight, right, eight. Zach? That yeah. was my eight. Yeah, uh, Vince, what's your eight? My eight is the the goddamn Joker. We'll talk about that we'll later. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Okay, my seven is the Flash. Go off, uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, um, this is this is totally a potential pick. This is this is for what the book is going to this become. Is Trini Trinity number one. Yes, this uh, is... it's like it's like the player the Packers draft in the first round every year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's Don't the... worry, I'm definitely doing a Trinity number one later. So. <laughs> okay. Me too. Me too. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that book later. I don't know. How... I think you guys are going to go off in a direction that I'm not comfortable with, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but <laughs> uh, no, this just this just to me seems like. It's going. To, it's gonna set up for the flashbook I want, and so for that alone, I am willing to back up the dump truck and put it in the uh, seventh spot. But we just talked about this book for like ten minutes. I don't need to go off too much more on it. So um, that was my number seven. Zach, what is your number seven? My, my number seven is Wonder Woman. My number seven is Wonder Woman. Look at us. Lockstep. <laughs> you guys, you guys tend to be more 
in sync with these things than I am. Well, we have a private chat where we talk about this stuff and you're not. Nothing would surprise me less. Literally <laughs> nothing in my life would surprise me less than that. No. no, no. In our private chat, we only talk about Pokemon, <laughs> uh, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. What, what else, Zach? Um, normal people. I, I normal was, was going to say, course, you're, normal people. Your Islander slut. <laughs> and smut, uh, smut. My apologies. Smut, I yeah. <laughs> I do have COVID. I'm just saying that was a, that was a heated COVID moment. Huh? It was. Yeah, it was. It was. Yes. It was yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, who wants to go first on Wonder Woman? Um. You go. You go first on Wonder Woman. Okay. I really liked Wonder Woman. Um. I know that. I feel like a really easy complaint about it is that it is extremely derivative, uh, like conceptually and aesthetically to um jason aaron's thor run but i think it's unique and special enough um to kind of withstand those comparisons um i think that it's travis moore is the artist on this right yeah yeah the travis moore art i think is like beautiful fantastic like Mm -hmm. can't get enough of it um and um yeah, I just I'm really excited for this Wonder Woman like status quo more so than I think like any Wonder Woman status quo that we've had in like since the Azarello stuff. Um, honestly, uh, I think it I think it's really unique. Um, it's not a Wonder Woman story I would have ever expected. Um, I think the Norse stuff is handled in a really unique way. Um, yeah, I just I'm I'm pretty enamored with this book. Yeah, wow. I, I think you like it even more than I do, which is um which is great. I, I think I think it is really good. Um I, I think there's a lot of promise there. The 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 only thing that I'll say that's that's different from what you said, um, that I can add to this is that th- there's a lot of books where you hear the pitch and you you're excited about it, and then as you read it, or maybe you read you know, three or four issues, you get tired of it or the longer it goes on, like the less interested you really end up being in it. I feel like that happens a lot. This issue did like the opposite. I opened it up and I went, Oh, this, this isn't really what I thought I wanted from the post death metal wonder woman. And then as I read the first issue, it seemed like every page I liked it more and more and I was more charmed by it. And by the end I was like, yeah, I'm in to whatever this creative team is, is has got cooking right now. Like against all odds, take a look at me now. <laughs> God damn it. You do that every time. <laughs> Stop saying the phrase. <laughs> um, I don't know what else. I don't know what I would replace that with. Um, it won me over is what I'm saying. And it won me over in a big way, like enough that it's number seven on this list. So, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I love it. My, he um, loves it. <laughs> <laughs> my, my slight just retort to that is, um, I, I don't get the feeling from this book that I get from the flash or, um, some of the other titles on this, on this list where I feel like, Oh, this is setting up for a nice long run 
in this sort of mood and tone, this feels very temporary to me. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. why it was slower on my list. That's reasonable, I think. Well, I'm glad I passed your test. Yeah. Okay, uh, so that brings us to number six, correct? My number six yes. is The Swamp Thing. Mm, go off, King. So this is a book I did not expect to um, really resonate with me, only because it's been a minute since a Swamp Thing book just did anything for me. That That's that's not to say there, are, there haven't been good Swamp Thing books. It's just it's not typically the character that I'm super drawn to. And so, um, but I went into it with an open mind, especially because I really like that future state story we got with Swamp Thing from the same creative team. Um, hang on, I got a cough. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, so, you know, there's a, um, th- there's a certain amount of, of, of mystery built into this that, feels really unique and Rom V has proven to be one of the more exciting and surprising writers that DC has in its stable and so I am always on board to check out what Rom V is doing and so I think that between the sort of mysterious elements the taking the Swamp Thing character away from Alec Holland for a while. And I don't know if that necessarily means we're not going to get Alec in the book, but it's not so focused on Alec. I think that's a good touch. And the Mike Perkins art, you know, I I think we all were not huge fans of the first Perkins DC stuff we saw recently, which was his Lois Lane series. I think this is a much, much better fit for his art style. And I really dug what he was doing visually in this issue. It was creepy it was unique. It was engaging. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of this. So, yeah, this one thing is my number six. I think th- I think that's reasonable. I think I put it maybe a little bit lower due to uh, recency bias. Maybe um, it was in the first week, <laughs> and I, it, I don't know. I feel, it didn't like stick with me quite as well as some of the others. But I think the points you make are really good, and I did really appreciate. Um, the the fact like you said that it it's kind of exploring territory outside of Alec Holland stuff which I think is um much needed so what is your number six then Zach um I'm already actually kind of like thinking I goofed here (laughs) um and messed up um, because my next book is Action Comics, which I don't think I actually liked better than Wonder Woman. I think this is maybe another case where I'm like banking on what the book could be. Um, but I think that's valid for this list. I mean, I think that yeah. on one hand, we are ranking what we read, but we also are ranking it on what sort of we feel the books will become. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really did feel like, whereas like Superman was just kind of like, a big wet fart, you know, like almost nothing. Um, I feel like the payoff in action was really good. Uh, the promise of like what this series could be the, the, you know, I've been kind of in on this Mongol stuff since, uh, you know, it started popping up in future state. Um, I really did like the Bill Hester art a lot. I know he's not going to be the regular artist moving forward, but I, I really did like his art. And then the the Midnighter backup, I think I 
was a lot. Uh, I, I was a much bigger fan of that than I think you guys were. So that that kind of edged it out a little bit too. Yeah. <laughs> Vince? Uh, my number six is Nightwing. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Hmm. Okay, oh, we'll so my number five now, No, no, my or... number five. My number five oh, now. Your number five. Okay, okay. Which is Nightwing. So we'll talk about oh, it Oh, okay. So Vince, why don't you go first for this? Yeah, sure. I... I... Boy, I like this a lot. Um, I, I think, you know, like I said, uh, the, the only real disappointment about the issue is just like it felt like we did the blockbuster thing before and it felt like they were just trying to do blockbuster but more extreme. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm not necessarily writing the book. I'm not at all writing the book <laughs> off for that. Uh, It'd be funny if you was like, blockbuster, yeah. nope, fuck it, done. Yeah. <laughs> Pulpit. Hey, blockbuster, blockbuster was canceled, you know, there's not even any blockbusters out there anymore, right? So hey, there's not. What a yeah. difference. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, you know that that's that was the only thing that that made the first issue kind of feel a little like a retread. But aside from that, like the character moments with the letter from Alfred and with Babs and the twist at the end, and just you know seeing seeing Dick Grayson back as Dick again. Um, the snappy writing, the yeah, it, I mean, I'm here for the package, definitely. I'm 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 ready to see where this goes for sure. Brian, go off. Uh, the one thing you didn't mention that I, I want to definitely highlight is the Bruno Redondo art, because mm -hmm. great googly moogly, it's it's really really beautiful. <laughs> I I think he does the Nightwing like soaring through the city, just about as well as anybody does. And I know that some folks felt that the dog element in this was a lot like Hawkeye with the dog. And I'm not going to say that it's not like Hawkeye, but I also think that it's just that has become like the cute reference to make whenever any comic has a dog in it. And comics <laughs> can have dogs yeah. in it besides just Hawkeye. So, uh, yeah, I think my thing there is there were there was some like panel work that Redondo did that was a very Hawkeye-esque as well. Um, I suppose that's but fair. But tonally, it, tonally, it's not anything like it. Yeah. My question is also, like, at what point something is, quote, allowed to be a reference? Yeah. Versus... I mean, it's, it's also, like, it's like Chris Ware-esque, too. Like, it's not just Hawkeye-esque, right, right. you yes. know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you could compare it to anything, really. Yeah. But also, like, is, is, yeah. my question is just generally... When when is something old enough to be an influence and not a ripoff? Like there are so many cheesy sci-fi movies from the late seventies that were trying to be Star Wars, but that's very different than a movie citing Star Wars as an influence like twenty years later, right? So have we passed enough time from Hawkeye for that to be a reference, or is it still a ripoff? I guess is my question. I but, barely yeah. remember Hawkeye, bro. <laughs> there we oh, go. That's sad. Yeah. Um, uh, well, yeah, so yeah I, this book. Go ahead. Oh. Sorry, no. Oh, I, w I was just gonna say this book like didn't impress me very much. I think kind of like Vince said with Wonder Woman, like going in, it's not really what I expected it to be. But unlike him, I, I didn't find a lot of redeeming qualities for it. So, um, yeah, not my favorite. That Alfred letter scene, man. How can that not just? Yeah, it was. It was fine. <laughs> 
That's all right. All right. Uh, Zach, what's your heartless number five? Uh, my heartless number five is the Joker. <laughs> the dang Joker. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Woo. Oh, wow. You ranked it higher. Interesting. Who's the Joker simp now? I have COVID. Um... <laughs> my, that's, that's an excuse for the bad, bad list you did. <laughs> my excuse for everything right now. Yeah. Um, my number five is Batman. It's Batman. All right, talk about it. Um, oh, I can't pull Ben Affleck's name from uh, from Mallrats. Uh, give me a minute. Come to me. Keep, start talking. I'm gonna yell it out. I, 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 I don't know his name in Mallrats either because all I can think is fashionable, fashionable male. male. Exactly. No, it, 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 it's a it's a it's a really like yuppie scumbag name. Um, yeah. Um, I'm gonna look it up. You start talking. I'm gonna look it up. I'm looking it up now. We're 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 going off the off the rails here. It's Shannon I... something. Sh- uh, Shannon. Oh, Shannon Hamilton. Shannon Hamilton. There we go. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, where was I? Buttman. Yeah. Buttman. I just, I just think like, um, James Tynion is firing on all cylinders pretty much right now, and the Bat Book is so wild at the rate that it's introducing characters and concepts. I, I, I would have never expected this like coming out of death metal and into infinite frontier. It's like every issue has a new character or two. And you, uh, <laughs> this, this is an aside, but did I, am I correct in seeing that there's a ghost maker show being developed for CW? I didn't see that, but that is wild. If that's true, I, I didn't I'm see gonna, that. I'm gonna verify you keep talking. I didn't see that, okay. but that, that would not surprise me in the slightest. However, I will just say that I think I speak for my bros here that if if fucking Ghostmaker gets a show, but Yara Floor didn't, uh, we're we're gonna burn some shit down. <laughs> yeah, um, but like the the thing about it is that like. He's managing to introduce all these new characters. Keep up the intrigue, because really we don't we don't know too much about any of them. But then Jorge Jimenez and the design work is so damn good that just seeing these characters pop up here and there is interesting enough to to string me along because every design is wonderful, I think. <laughs> every design is so considered, interesting to look at, and gives the characters personality that we're not even certain they have yet, you know? And I think that that's a really important thing when you have a limited number of pages and a, li- and, and a lot of story going on that you need to get through. Those two in tandem do so much to sell these characters to me. I, I'm just, I'm interested in every angle of that this book is trying to take and every little mini story within. Um, and like, you know me, there are way too many bat books and like I'm so over Batman, but like somehow this book is like still one of the best things DC's putting out. Um, even though it's a bat book with Bruce Wayne, Batman at the center of it, you know, it's, it's wild how good this is. I'm particularly glad that you mentioned all the new characters. I feel like these characters are all interesting enough that I wouldn't be surprised if one day when you know like you're in a comic shop and you see a collection of the James Tynion Batman book and you're like wait a minute 
all these characters were introduced in this one run because these are all like super important characters now. These don't feel like one-shot characters. They feel like characters that are built to last in the Bat Mythos for a long time. And I honestly can't remember the last time that a Bat run introduced this many new characters. Yeah, I feel like Snyder tried to do it a little bit um with like bluebird and and you know talon and uh, um you know some of that stuff but you know for for better or worse you know bluebird has popped up sporadically and, and is getting more use now thanks to tinyan but um like I, I feel like a lot of them sit and hit this this um this kind of makes me think of like the '90s Batman era, where like there, it was kind of a similar thing. You know, you had all these new characters who were being introduced. You know, you had Azriel, you had Cass, you had Steph, you had um... I mean, even I, Tim I, was I, was relatively new at that point. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it kind of reminds me of that, and I, I do think it's like on that same level, honestly. Um, it's good. It's really good. And I, I did rank this like, I guess kind of relatively low. Um, I think maybe kind of, kind of like, I think Brian said regarding, uh, Catwoman, because, you know, this is a continuing story, so it doesn't feel quite as fresh and new. And a lot of my rankings are going like goodwill towards the, you know, kind of the concept of what the book could be, but this is easily, I think the most like steady and stable book that DC Mm. has right now. Um, and it is extremely good. And like Jorge Jimenez's art is incredible. Um, yeah, it, it's it's hard to say enough like good things about this book. Yeah, I, yeah. I was just I, I want I don't want to push back against what you said. I kind of want to confirm what you said about Snyder trying to introduce a bunch of Bat characters. I feel mm-hmm. like the first year of his Batman run is when we got Harper Row was I think an issue eleven or twelve. And before that, you had the Court of Owls and Lincoln March and Talon, all that sort of stuff. But after that, Death of the Family was a Joker story. Zero Year was like a Riddler story, I guess. Um, then Batman died, kind of, and you had the the uh, the Gordon Batman stuff. Like, I don't know if there was a single impactful new character introduced after that first year of Batman. Yeah, maybe not. I really don't remember. That that's not necessarily a knock on that run. It's just, you know, it's it's uh it is interesting because I think Snyder gave us so much new stuff in that first year. And also, you know, I'll I'll also credit him with doing a lot of the James Jr. work to mm-hmm. sort of bring that character to where he wound up being over the next, you know, sure. years, but that was even, that was in that was pre-new 52. That was, you know, in the in the tech run. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. But yeah, okay. So that was your number five, Vince. Yeah. Okay, my number four. Oh, oh, sorry. just uh, real quick. Um, Vulcan reporter, take it or leave it, is reporting that there is a Ghostmaker series in development at the CW. <laughs> Vulcan reporter, uh-huh. like, like, well, they only know about Star Trek, right? I don't, yeah. I don't trust them on CW shows. Yeah. Uh, they're both Viacom properties. Um, okay. <laughs> Jesus. 
So uh, my Sicko. number four, I know we're going to talk about this later because you guys are sickos. That's Green Lantern. I, I just want to say mm-hmm. we are we are not going to spoil Green Lantern number one for anybody here. We just felt like we had access to that copy before recording tonight's episode, and that way we could present just sort of a more complete look at the line as it stands. Um, you know, going into the the sort of second wave of books that start in March. I mean, in May rather. Sorry. Um. So yeah, I, I figure we're talking about Green Lantern later, right, boys? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Sickos, uh, what's your number uh, four, Zach? Uh, my number four is Harley Quinn. My number four is Harley Quinn. Look oh, at Zach. Oh, look you at, guys look at should, Who would have thought? You guys should host a podcast Not together. <laughs> Maybe we will. <laughs> you um, will you go first this time? Because I think I went first one of the other times. Okay. I just think that, I mean, first of all, I am generally the Harley Quinn apologist, I think. Yes, you are. Which, yeah, which just, you know, I'm kind of beside myself when I think about that too much because really it shouldn't it shouldn't be my thing, <laughs> but it kind of is. I don't I don't I don't know if that's because I'm a simp or what. Lord, Lord but, help you, um, you're going back to I the mean, old you. You are absolutely a, yeah, you are a simp for sure. Um, <laughs> I love you guys. Um, so glad we do this show. Um, no. Uh, yeah, I just, like against all odds, I just really like Take this a character. Look at going, me now. Uh, <laughs> we got us. Oh man! <laughs> I if you didn't react, I would stop doing it. But because it bothers you, I'm gonna keep doing it. I'm I'm not gonna not be able to react either because <laughs> it derails me every time. Um, um, Go ahead. I just going back to the going back to the animated series. I just think she's a a, a clever character, and I I like the arc that she's on, even though like in corporate comics, the, the illusion of change or the illusion of time is kind of a, a, a myth or whatever, but she really has changed in the long run, obviously from, from a, from a villain sidekick character to an anti-hero to, to more of a genuine hero. And I think like, you know, the road has been rocky and there's been a lot of backpedaling on it because that's just how corporate comics work. But, um, but when you think about it holistically, like that, that growth is really exciting to see. And I think, uh, Stephanie Phillips, uh, and Riley Rosmo really nail, they're really reverent to that history and kind of the, the, the entirety of her character and that arc. And they nail everything from like a tone to like uh, the voice to the visuals to make this like the, a perfect summation so far of what Harley Quinn is. And and like I said on the on the episode where we reviewed it, it's striking the right balance between being too jokey and, you know, or not jokey at all and being like part of batman jokey is another book (laughs) (laughs) and and being a part of the bat books rather than being set apart from them as some kind of fourth wall breaking deadpool book you know um i I just think the balance that this book strikes is is perfect uh we're only an issue in but man if they're all like this it's going to be smooth sailing i think 
Yeah, I think so too. I think this book was just a delight. It's the highest um, ranking bat book. Um, of what I would consider a bat book. Obviously, there's one that we're going to talk about that none of us have mentioned yet uh-huh. that is nominally a bat book, but not really, in my opinion. Um, I, I like the tone of this was great. The Rosmo art was just delightful. Um, Phillips's Harley Quinn is really good, but also her Batman is really good. I think too. Mm, well, yes, um, yes, great point. Great. Yeah. Point. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just very high on this book. Um, it's funny that my two highest bat books are Harley Quinn and Joker. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that is wild. Uh, yeah. Let me just say, uh, in this book's defense, I think it's quite good. Um, I am hoping that the not a Deadpool book continues. Because I'm sick mm-hmm. of Harley as Deadpool. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a skeptic there, but I, you know, I, I don't think unreasonably so. I, I, I'm like, not saying it's not going to happen. I, I just think that it's, you know, th- the force is strong with people who want that to be a Deadpool book. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And as long as that is kind of the presentation in the films, that's always like a looming thing. Yeah. Although I will mm-hmm. argue that the Margot Robbie Harley Quinn is more interesting than the Amanda Connor Harley Quinn. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I just think, especially like birds of prey being like a a primarily Harley vehicle felt very much like Harley doing a bit of like Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool stuff. A lot of, Mm -hmm. you know, breaking the fourth wall, talking, you know, talking directly to the viewer, being very goofy uh that that said you know i'm very excited for the suicide squad james guns the suicide squad (laughs) i think all these movies moving forward should have the director's name in the title yeah yeah i agree yeah i think all dc movies i i slightly disagree i think they should be released on their own first then (laughs) re-released twice as long with the director's name in the title yeah, okay, but sure, only only sure. after a couple years of just wretched uh, badgering <laughs> and harassment online. Just just the sickoest shit you could imagine. Yeah, from the worst people on earth who 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 call everybody involved by their first name as if they're best friends. Yeah. I no, have... but I still actually I want it on the first go. Let's just cut out middleman. <laughs> I want I want James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. I want Patty Jenkins's. Wonder Woman the third. Sure. Um, Only available in NFT form though. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's um, how you know it's good. Dwayne the Rock Johnson's <laughs> Shazadam. <laughs> uh Shazadam. Um Yeah. Okay. So that's that was your guys number four, correct? Yes. My number three is Jokey. Go go off on it. So there is no reason, zero, no reason that any book titled The Joker should be this good. But this book is legitimately great. It's really a Jim Gordon comic. and That's why it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just it's I, I wrote a full review of it for Multiversity because I had a lot to say about the issue. But I, I think that it does a couple of really, really clever things. And the thing that ti- one of the things that Tynion does better 
than almost anybody else working in comics right now is that Tynion how can, how can I say this I feel like he has an extraordinarily clear vision for what he wants his book to be but he doesn't let you in on that right away like when you go back and you read his Batman run from the beginning there's a lot of stuff that I think is starting to come out in the title now that was kind of hinted at or just below the surface when the book first started but there are some writers and and this is not a knock on the way anybody that conducts their comics business but some writers will come out and tell you like well so here is you know here's what the book's going to be for the first year the first year is batman doing this the first year is superman doing this i feel like tinyan doesn't always lay the stuff out he just lets it kind of unfold and although he said, you know, this is going to be more of a Jim Gordon book than a Joker book, I don't think any of us expected the degree to which that wound up being true. And at the end of that book, when you realize that it's not just a Jim Gordon book, it's a Jim Gordon hunts the Joker to kill him book, that's such an unexpected place for the book to go because I think we are just conditioned that bat books are about not killing or they're about killing everybody like you're either bruce or you're jason right and so there hasn't really been to my knowledge a bat book that was moby dick but this essentially is that you know gordon is chasing his white whale and i think it's it's beautifully laid out in that first issue that this is his white whale. This is the thing that has defined his, you know, this is the evil he sees when he closes his eyes. And my bold prediction for this is that Gordon's going to die at the end of this book. Oh my. And I'm going to be okay with that because I think this is going to give him, this reminds me a little bit of like the elongated man story from 52, where it's like mm. the guy who has nothing left to lose investigating this really important thing, and is going to die, but he's going to die solving the crime. And I kind of think that if Tynion is allowed to, I could see this being the last Gordon book and the last Joker book for a long time. I could see, I could see the Gordon thing, not not the Joker. It's I, we're we're gonna be we're gonna be with the Jokey for a long time. I, I, I think, unfortunately, you're right, but I, I I could see how the book is sort of setting up. For that, mm -hmm. yeah, I love this book. I, I can't believe that I love a book called The Fucking Joker. <laughs> I wish it was called that. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I will fucking kill you. Oh, God. Um, oh, God. What? How, who's gonna give you a reach around? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, somebody said that he laughs like a seagull, and that's the perfect description <laughs> of that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Um, all right, so that was my number that's three. Still the best on-screen portrayal of the Joker since Jack Nicholson, though, for sure. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm making, I'm making the Arthur cartoon fist right. <laughs> <laughs> Only because Mark Hamill has portrayed him on screen since then. Voice actor. <laughs> That's why. Oh, well, Cockknocker's better anyway. <laughs> sure. Uh, all right, Zach, what's your number three? 
Uh, my number three is Batman Superman. We'll talk about that later. Talk about that later. My number three is one we're going to talk about later. <laughs> it's Green Lantern. Yeah, we are going to talk about that later. All right. My number two is Batman Superman. We're going to okay. talk about that later. Oh, oh interesting. Okay. Ooh. We're the saucy boys with different number ones. Ooh. <laughs> Now that is something we always do too, isn't it? Like I, I feel like we do that. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. So so Brian's number two then? Uh, is Batman Superman. Yeah. Okay. We'll so you later. need so you need to talk about that, right? No. No, no we're talking about we're talking later. About okay, that's later. right. Okay, so my number two? Yes. My number two is Green Lantern. We do have the same number one, Zach. You and I do? Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Well, then go off, King. Well, I can't go off too much because no one else has read it at, when this episode yeah, goes that's, up. That's true. That's um, but true. I, Damn, I, you backed yourself into a corner there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will just say, I'll just say, this is the best Batman's, <laughs> the best <laughs> Green Lantern status quo. Um, I have COVID. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even though Brian is trying to convince me I do. I did not um, um, Yeah, this is the best Green Lantern status quo that we've had. Um, I think that this is potentially better than the Jeff Johns status quo. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think that this has the makings of just one of the best Green Lantern runs of all time. Um, the, yeah. All of the... All, all of the ingredients here are just like it's it's perfect and the way that it builds on really like the last decade plus of like lantern mythology is so interesting and exciting the way it builds on um the stuff bendis was doing in the superman books um i just like i i am so pumped and excited for this book I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say too much more here because I don't want to spoil anything for uh, sure. our, our listeners. But I will say that I said this about The Flash earlier, where I feel like I wanted to rush past this part to get to this the actual status quo. I would rather if the Green Lantern book was just this for 100 issues. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't think yeah, it's absolutely. going to be, but I would read 100 issues of this. Yeah. Um Yeah. Um I don't know how how long it's gonna, I don't know how it's going to sustain itself, but it's good. Vince anything to say about yep. this book? Um ec ec echoing what you guys said, I, totally. Yeah, every everything Zach said is true. Um saying it's, you know, going to be like potentially the greatest Green Lantern run of all time. I would only pump the brakes because I agree with Brian that I, I just don't think it's going to I don't think it's going to keep the focus that the first issue had plot wise. I yes. feel like it's going to go off in these different directions that that might be less satisfying, but I'm not I'm not I'm not predicting that it will. I'm just saying like well, I I kind of think it will. There are like four at least like four different story setups here yeah. that 
could like spin off into a very long each could spin off into a long story mm-hmm. and I, I hope they all do get explored i i, so, I will so say I guess oh go ahead sorry the one i do want to say is that the one element of this book i liked the least was the teen lantern characterization i thought the character was kind of annoying i know that's kind well, of a point but yeah 11 year olds are pretty annoying uh, in uh, 11 years, you're going to have an 11 year old. So we'll come back and talk about that. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, I, and I think that was intentional. I just, I guess I felt like it's very rare that I find a character more obnoxious when Bendis isn't writing them. So it was noticeable for that reason for me. Mm. I guess the best the best way to think about why Green Lantern is number three on my list is because um, so for my for my one and two and three I kind of you know they're all kind of sharing that top spot but I think like Green Lantern is the one to me that the first the first issue was so great and it it has so much promise that I want to avoid the Trinity problem where it like immediately lets me down. And I feel like out of the top three, it's the one that easily could just based on it going away from the focus that it currently has. And so, so I put it at three to avoid the Trinity, uh, goof them up that we had, that we did like several years ago. (laughs) And that's the only reason that was five years ago, baby. Wow. That was wow. 2016. Uh, yeah, we, we, had, we had ranked our, I guess it was our top 10 rebirth titles. And all three of us had Trinity really high. And I think Trinity had one good issue and it was number one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. We, we really fell in love with the first issue and then it, it just never, it never came back from there. So um, I think, I think that's possibility here, but I think it's, I think you're right, Vince. I think of all the titles we talked about, this one has the most chance of that. Just because I don't think, like we said before, I don't know how much the status quo is going to be going forward. I mean, we are torturing our listeners by talking about a book they can't read. So let's let's move off from this for a second. So, Vincey, what's your number two? My number two is one we'll talk about later. It's Teen Titans Academy. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. I guess we're talking about it now, actually. Because yeah, yeah, that, that's my number, my number one. one. Yeah, so um, Zach, go ahead. Start start us off with this one. I mean, like this is just like the hands down the best book that DC's published in. I don't know how long. It's so the, good, guys. The the Sandoval art is just just unbelievably good. Um, the 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 premise, the way that you know the all of the different um the different um titans characters throughout you know the the different generations the way they're all used is so well done (laughs) the way that the new characters are introduced is very well done it's just like um yeah it's just i i am flummoxed by the concept and and existence of this book it's crazy because this is from a first-time comics writer. The first comics Tim Sheridan wrote were the Future State Teen Titans books. Mm-hmm. And it is insane 
that somebody can come out of the shoot this hot. And the comic just has so many layers to it, and it has this amazing cast, and it has this amazing artwork, and it has a central mystery at the core of it, and it has a character named Stitch who I love already. Um, it, it it's it's so fucking good. I can't I can't say enough good things about it. It's the best. Vince, it's yeah, it's really good. It's everything you guys said. Um, it's the one that shows the most promise for the future that I am not worried about it delivering on because I think like. Um, the future state stuff was so up my alley too. And it feels like a, like an extension of that in the way that the, that, you know, Green Lantern future state, despite being written by the same writer, couldn't feel more different than the Green Lantern infinite frontier first issue. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank goodness. Because the infinite frontier issue is excellent. And, um, you know, I'm looking for more of that. But now we essentially have three, uh, so maybe it's kind of unfair to all these other books, but we've got three uh, essentially Teen Titans Academy (laughs) issues under our belt now, and they're all really good. And and so it shows so much promise for the future, and I'm not worried about where it's going. I'm I'm along for the ride, certainly. Um, Yeah, but you guys said it all about why it's great, so... The one thing I, I do want to also point out here is that it looks like the um, the uh, there's going to be a, an annual in June that's like a yearbook issue, mm-hmm. I, uh-huh. which is super fun. Um, and it, it seems what if there be... what if there's who's who elements in oh, there? Guys, my my I can't take that. You know that. <laughs> I will I will just you, explode. You I, I yeah the. Co- co- COVID won't kill me, but the uh, the Teen Titans yearbook <laughs> having who's who elements that might actually kill me. Um, just it's it's just so good. But anyway, that means that Vince's number one is Batman Superman. So go off. I just, I just like Gene Lu and Yang just gets me. Okay, <laughs> like, like like oh man. Um, I just think this is the one that's like a mastery of the form on his part, on the part of um, uh, Ivan Reyes. Everybody involved is just doing such great work. Its concept is is incredible. The execution is top notch. Of this like film strip of some alternate universe splice of spliced together concepts. Uh, that that you know don't shouldn't go together and don't go together, but then do. And it's also the one that I'm not worried about the future of this book at all. I'm not worried about where it goes. If all we get is an opening arc of this, it's this excellent little package that I I can't wait to just like revisit from time to time and just love the concept for what it is. And I actually hope that it's kind of a short little bite-sized thing. Um, I, I just love every inch of this first issue, just totally, with my whole body. <laughs> um, See, here's, so it's, it's my number one. Here's my question for you. I, I'm, I'm not saying that you're wrong or anything of the sort. I, I, 
I think this is excellent as well. Do you, do you think this is the book we're going to get though? I think it's well what I just said. I, I think it's the I think it's the opening arc we're gonna get. And if if that arc is it, then that's. I, I guess I, you know, I guess you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. I I, I want to phrase it differently though. Um, I don't even mean like the dual storytelling thing. Mm-hmm. I don't even mean the multiversal thing necessarily. I just mean like, is this the tone of the of the ongoing? Because I kind of feel like each issue might have its own like very unique tone. And that could be cool, but I don't know if I'd rank that as high. I kind of think each arc will be like that. Okay, you All know, right. sure. And I'm and I'm kind of hoping they are short arcs. Like if this, I and I don't know because I don't pay too much attention or remember like solicits and stuff. But I would love for this to just be like a three issue arc, you know. And they're probably not even going to do because because the worlds have kind of collided. They're probably not even going to do the film strip thing. Maybe, but like that was that was such a great like mind bending yes, way absolutely. to, to yeah. dive into this that like I, I'm ready for whatever comes next. I want to be surprised, you know. But I but I also I also want it to be this little bite sized thing that I can just that I can just love for what it is, yeah. you know. And 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 that first issue, like I've read it a couple times now because I just love the trick of it. So. Um, there, and uh, when we have like when we have uh, a dozen books to read for the show, like I'm for me to read an, an, one of these issues more than once is it's something. We um we may be working on something cool with multiversity for the second issue of that run with Ivan Reyes. Ooh, just saying. Keep your eyes peeled, folks. Maybe I'll read the site. That will be a first. <laughs> um, well, I mean. We disagreed a little bit, but this line is just so strong right now. It is, yeah. It's kind of incredible. Even the like books at the bottom aren't really bad. No. Yeah. I mean, the the one I I put Crime Syndicate all the way at the bottom because that one to me won't have the time to get good, just because it's a miniseries. Every other book on here, I think, has a legitimate chance of being quite good. I also think that the Superman books are going to surprise us. I think that we were... Um, I think that the, the once we get Superman into the War World stuff again, that, that will be more interesting. And I think once action sort of decides what it's going to be, it'll be better than this. Like we said last time, those two issues told one issue's worth of story over two. Just tell us different yeah. stories. Um, but anyway, so th- at this point in the show, I would normally ask Vince to tell us what's coming out next week. But next week, we are doing a different DC3 cast. We are doing our review of the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Zack Snyder's Justice League. And that will also serve as Zach Wilkerson's last show for a little while he's not he's not quitting the show um but he is uh he's gonna be on leave for a little bit and so um zach good luck with everything um and uh we we have to we have to talk zach snyder's justice league one last time before we let you go though so um absolutely (laughs) so until then if you want to get in touch with two-thirds of us uh we are on twitter i am at brian needs an app 
And I'm at Wilker Fox. If you need to find Vince, you can find him wheeling and dealing in the whole, the the exciting and totally ethical world of NFTs. <laughs> yeah, um, we we didn't we didn't say uh, why Zach is leaving. It turns out he didn't tell us this until very recently, but um, he's actually going to Dublin and enrolling at Trinity College. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be studying English there. So. I am. It's my dream. Um, Best of luck, Zach. Thank you. I know you're going to do great. Thank this you. is a bit. <laughs> People who aren't aware, this is a bit. Um, we've never we've never done a bit. No. I'm 100% serious. I was under the impression that he's moving from Sligo to I am. Dublin. Is this what I get? We've for, lost everybody. Is this what I get for doing the Phil Collins joke twice in one episode? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Fair oh, enough. You, you deserve so much worse. Fair enough. All right, good night, folks. Bye. I can't wait to talk about how much I like the Snyder Cut. I, shut I up. knew it. Shut I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it.